step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to sink, swim, or fly. Dude, Sean K. Preston, what the fuck is up, bro? Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, like we were, I just said, we're on that rock and roll time right now. Indeed, indeed. This is the uh, uh, this is the schedule. I'm kind of almost like tour schedule right now. What do you got going on? You're in Baltimore? Yes, indeed. And so what's happening right now for you, dude? Um, right now, I mean, these days, um, I'm doing a lot of... Um, I'm doing a lot of music, so <clears throat> I'm working a lot as, at trying to make some new songs and trying to learn some new skills. Um, I got myself a piano, which is really exciting, and uh, I've been seen... playing piano like crazy. Dude, it's uh, I I got a I got a nice keyboard um, a couple years ago, and I got like the bug for a while. You know, I had like a sustain yeah. pedal, and I like got really hooked, and then I recently just pulled it out of storage myself. But yeah, it's it opens like this whole new avenue of songwriting. You know, when you're used to like banging on the same couple chords with the strumming patterns and then you pull out the keyboard, it's like, "Oh my god, dude, I could write so much differently like this." Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of hoping is that it's going to have a really good effect on everything, you know, from the guitar to the vocal melodies and everything. So I'm I'm really excited. I mean, I just like playing the thing. It's it feels really good. Dude, it has been cool. Um what, all the music and like the creative you know it sucks there's, there's been no touring and no shows because like i too love that shit but when they're like everybody's got to stay home i'm like oh that's kind of cool <laughs> it's like some weird fucking <laughs> some weird fucking adventure you know what i mean and uh i'm kind of an isolator as it is so it's like okay we'll we'll deal with this for a while um you know other than no shows but yeah it's been i've been doing the same uh, playing lots of fucking music and doing some live streaming, and I see you're doing some streaming as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty stoked actually. I mean, it's not. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm like celebrating the current situation, but um, in a lot of ways, I am really, I don't know, I'm getting a lot of good, a lot of good out of it, you know. Yeah, that's all you really can do. I mean, it seems to me, uh. And you kind of seem like a similar-minded dude. We've we've met a, few, a couple times, and <clears throat> I follow you, of course, online and all that shit. But like, there's so much, there's so much craziness, dude, and like madness going on with the politics and and the mm. social media and the pandemic. That like, the don't I've just got to almost be like absent-minded and just you know, kind of just keep plugging away with the music because if I really focused on like what's going on in the world, I think I'd lose my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I've actually, yeah, no, I, I completely, I mean, this, uh, what's today is Thursday by now, or we're going into Friday now because it's like very early in the morning or whatever. But I think it was, um, Tuesday I started and 
uh, started a fast basically where I'm not, um, I'm not consuming any social media or even websites um, with, I've cheated a little bit here and there. I've, I went on to some, uh, I got some support for like some of the software I've been using for recording lately. So that was kind of cheating last night, but, um, but as far as social media goes, uh, I, I went off it a couple of days ago and I'm looking at doing just a week just to kind of detox or whatever. And, um, it's interesting, you know, just in a few days, how many times I've reached for the telephone and absentmindedly began opening an app and then realizing that, you know, I just, how, how often I'm just killing time with those things. And it's pretty cool. I've, I've noticed some weird stuff happening. I'm like, I've kind of been a little agitated and, um, um, I think it has to do with not getting the, uh, the fix, you know? Oh, dude, it's definitely, um, it's definitely something, you know, similar to an addiction for real. And I think it's designed that way because oh, sure. same thing with me. Like I had a shitty Android for a while, um, had it for a long time and it got to the point where I had no space on it. So I had to delete all my apps and, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I don't need any fucking apps on my phone. Um, and I really didn't like I, but the same thing I'd pick it up and I'd go to hit it where it was before and I'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh damn. But then at the same time, it's like, you know what? It, it's nice not being like anchored uh, to the phone and bro, sure. I just went out and bought like a new nice iPhone and I'm like, you know, getting all the shit back. And in the last few days, I'm like, dude, I've looked at the same feed mindlessly for like an hour. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, my son's there like, dad, let's do something. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking sickening. Like, I need to put this Mm. thing down, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been really disappointed (laughs) with the, uh, I mean, with the, I was already kind of on my way out the door with it. And I think the virus stuff and the politics and everything, it's just been so fever pitch that it really, it kind of sold it for me. I'm like, okay, I think I'm good. I I need to take a a real break. So um, that and, you know, focusing on, actually making something instead of just scrolling and stuff. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's like a double-edged sword for, especially for being a creator because there's been no, you know, in the history of the world, there's been no other platform to where you can put up a new tune and like instantly have thousands of people see it or potentially. Sure. Um, Sure. But at the same time, I've noticed that when I'm constantly messing on my phone and looking at other people's stuff and letting it influence my creativity, I lose like you know, I used to sit down before I got, you know, before all these phones got so crazy and all this shit and I was always on this stuff. I used to sit down and I could make up, you know, a couple songs a day and just be flowing. Anymore, mm. it's like if I'm too involved with anything online or looking at other people's shit, I like lose that whole edge. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it kills mm-hmm. my creativity. So I'm with you, man. That's some that's good shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's been good for me. How many how many records uh have you recorded, Sean? Oh boy. Um there was I suppose uh, with this with this incarnation of like whatever whatever you want to call it. Um I think I did one in 2007 um and it was a full length just kind of on my own. Then I did an EP a couple years later. Um self-titled EP and then there was a full length album a couple of years after that. And now there's a, the last album came out in um, 2018, right at the end of 2018. So it's just over a year old. 
is that is that the last one is that the one that had twister on it yeah yeah that was uh the album was called forgive it's a cool ass video man oh thanks man thank you i'm glad you saw it you you've got that uh i'm sure you've heard this before dude but you've got that like 1969 country star look to you this <laughs> that like you can't fake that shit you know, I'm just right, like, right. I'm like a generic ass white boy that should be like snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, damn, he's got this like fucking almost like a Wayne, Wayne Newton thing going on, bro. You right, right. right. <laughs> You're like born yeah. for a Paisley suit. It's yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's it's changed a bit. I mean, there was a couple years back I was wearing, uh, you know, I had I was rocking the cowboy hat and the jeans and um you know, cut off sleeves and things like that. And uh, I don't know. I kind of just decided to, to class it up a bit. You know, I felt like I was kind of growing up and growing out of kind of growing out of a genre, if that makes any sense. It was a lot more, I mean, that's the, the music I don't think has changed terribly or anything. Cause a lot of the songs on the last album were already written, but um yeah, I just decided to kind of change it up a little bit. I felt like I was growing up a bit and I wanted to class it up. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but I've met you a few times. And the first oh, time, yeah. the first time was in uh, Savannah, Georgia. And it was at this little barbecue joint. And uh, I oh, was, yeah. I was with the, uh, the Coney Island freak show people. And right, we, right. We were we were just getting some grub, and they're like, "You got to catch my friend Sean." And I, I bought every single one of your records that day. And we, <laughs> oh um, man, yeah, every single one because you had that sound, man. And and like I just said, you had that look, and like I could just tell you were like the genuine article initial, like right off the bat. Um, oh, nice. Which, which really hits home with me. Um, I'm all about music, and obviously, and in that uh, authenticity when it comes to songwriting and shit. But we, we jammed your records uh, all, you know, all up and down the coast in the car. And then... Oh, man. <laughs> like the last time I saw you, uh, we were like up to no good. Like it was all fucking crazy. <laughs> we were up to no good. And that's, yeah, that's all anybody needs to know about that. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good, that was fun, fun times though, bro. Wonderful times. Wonderful times. Um, so yeah, since then I've kind of turned into an old man, dude. I've... Uh, slowed my roll a little bit and no i think it's fantastic oh hell yeah um so i i googled you the other night because other other like i just said i met you a few times heard your music it's fantastic um follow you on on social media and shit but other than that i haven't i don't know terribly a lot about you so i googled you and it said that you were uh from australia yeah that's where i was born so did you grow up there or is that just where you were born and you came over like shortly afterward? Um, so my family, uh, I was born there and then we, this, this is like, there's a whole story to it. So we, I was born there and then we um, came back to the States cause my father's from the States and um, I lived, I lived in Australia till I was two and then we came back and then we moved back to Australia when I was seven. And then I lived there till I was um, 12 and then we moved back to the States and then moved back to Australia again when I was 15 and I lived there till I was like almost 18. Oh, right. On. So, so you, you it's spent been some a weird, time there. Yeah. It's been a weird, it was weird growing up because it was um, pretty much all my growing up time was split between two, two countries. 
that's got to give you um, kind of a unique perspective, you know, on the day to day or just in life in general. And it probably affected you in ways you don't even realize, actually. Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, as far as um, I mean, it's I felt homesick pretty much forever. So, you know, being in one place for a few years and then leaving and then being in another place, it's really kind of destabilizing, and especially being a kid, you know, growing up, I have friends that, you know, I was friends with and then not friends with because I moved away and then came back and I saw them again. And, uh, you know, if, like the space of a couple of years for like a kid, you know, before you're able to make real proper friends and like whatever. So like, you know, you're away from each other for a few years and it's like you're strangers again, but you know, but I knew who they were, you know, so I came back, you know, when I came back to the States, there's, Oh, these, I went to school with these kids when I was little, but they're all still friends and I'm not their friends. And it was weird. I was never really brought back in. I made new friends and then, um, you know, we moved away again and the same thing happened all over again. And it, it just kept happening where I, where I would have bunches of friends that were my friends, you know, from before. <laughs> and then when I'd get back to wherever it was, I was getting back to, it would be the same thing all over again. And it's kind of perpetuated throughout my life. I moved away to California for a couple of years when I was on my own. And then I lived in Ireland for a few years on my own. So it's weird. I've, I've had a, like an entire lifetime of, you know, having these friends and then leaving and then coming back and, you know, all the social connections are kind of in, in tatters or whatever. It's weird. I've never really stayed anywhere very long. So, um, it's funny. I definitely you keep going. Oh, go on. I was just going to say, it's funny. You say, you know, you felt like you spent the majority of your life homesick and then it just, it's just one of those things about being an artist to where like, it's so poetic and beautiful, but at the same time, it's just like never ending curse. <laughs> right. Right. It kind of sucks. <laughs> like it couldn't, it kinda... have, like things couldn't have worked out better for you to like you know, pro- project, project what you project, but like, God damn it. It kind of sucks. <laughs> right. Like, well, I mean, it's the thing is like, you know, it's the thing of, especially if you're going to do like some kind of country music. I mean, it's like being, being bummed out, sad, a homesick, you know, whatever is, is just fuel for, it's fuel for artist, artistic, um, artistic output. Um, but yeah, you, you end up having to live that shit and, you know, it's all well and good to write songs, but I don't know, you know, whatever I take it, I take it though. I'm, I like being, you know, I'm appreciate like with everything, the way I grew up. I mean, I got to see a lot of places and, um, you know, it's definitely made my whole life like with the travel and everything, you know, well now we're all locked down, but with touring and everything, traveling feels very natural to me. Having no set schedule feels very natural to me. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of made for the job as far as, you know, touring and playing music. I think I'm, I feel like that's where I'm happy because it makes sense to me. So, you know, it's difficult or it's kind of like a, a weird life, but, that's, I think that's kind of, it's all the stage has been set. So. Yeah, I can absolutely relate to that. I, I have, I haven't toured nearly as much as you. Um, I've only done a few runs anywhere from a couple weeks to a month or so. Um, but I can relate to that so hardcore. Like I never, I, I've always been like that person that never quite felt content. Mm. Um, but like on the road with my friends in a car, sleeping at a truck stop, getting waffle house, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, I don't care, you know, if I'm 25 or, or 35 or 50. It just, I felt so content. Um, yeah. And uh, and I think 
I could notice it, especially in that project pothole that I initially met you. Um, there was a couple people in that band that they were not having that feeling. Right. Right. You know, right. It's, not for, it's not for everybody. <laughs> they were just like, you know, it was like a hell. Uh, so I, but you know, what's crazy. All, all this stuff I can, uh, I hear that in your voice too. You know, you've got, like I said before, you've got such an authenticity, um, mm. and especially some of the mellow, like 7am hell. Um, I sent that one over to my girlfriend the other night. I said, I'm fucking doing a podcast with this dude this week. <laughs> oh uh, man, that's great. But, uh, I, I kind of dim the lights and, uh, put it on my nice studio speakers in my room and jam that. Tune. Oh, nice. You got it. You're like, you got like a, um, you know, almost like crying, you know, you got that yeah. tone. Like it's a holler. Uh, it's fucking gorgeous. I like the slow sad stuff. I mean, that's, I like it all, but I mean, that's, um, it's never, it's never good to have a favorite, but I mean, I do, that is kind of, I gravitate towards the slow, sad stuff. I mean, that's the stuff I like to listen to kind of generally speaking, but um, yeah, no, I like that stuff. And it's, I think it's important to, um, authenticity is important, you know? And I think, um, I think it's a trap that a like younger songwriters probably fall into is, you know, wanting to, you know, okay. Like maybe they like some, they like some, melancholy type songs or you know some heart heart worn type stuff and they want to do that but um it kind of falls down if you don't really i mean how are you supposed to sing about being like uh on the road all the time if you're not or how are you supposed to sing about uh a heartbreak or something like that if you're if you're not you know you can't you can write the best words in the world but if you if you don't really you know and like I said, it's just something that happens. I think with younger songwriters, they definitely, you know, they'll try and they have good intentions, but I mean, you can't, you know, you can't sit down at a piece of paper and, um, and make that authenticity come out, even if you write the best words. So, you know, uh, the reason I hit you up the other night about doing this podcast, um, and this kind of ties into what you're saying was I was watching that. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but, the, um, was it done by PBS? It's the extended country music uh, series. Oh yeah, by the Ken. Oh, yeah, I, Ken Burns. Yeah, I haven't. I still haven't seen it. I've, I've like there was much stir about it. Everybody was talking Holy about it. Holy uh, fuck, bro! I was like, <laughs> I was on the Hank section, right? Uh, because he's he's almost he almost has like a, the third or fourth episode. They're like two hour episodes, and I think there's like six maybe. Um, right. And his was called Hillbilly Shakespeare. It was basically like a two-hour thing that was about the whole time, but mostly Hank. And mm. I fucking, I, you popped into my head, and that's when I hit you up. And you're <laughs> like, yo, bro, do this podcast. But yeah, <laughs> you, uh, you got to check that out. But when you were talking about the authenticity, um, I, another thing I was watching, I was watching No Direction Home, the Bob Dylan uh, yeah. documentary last night. And he's one of those guys that kind of dreamt he dreamt the life that he wanted to live and mm. was, was like channeling other people. Um, but mm. he actually did not live that life at all. Were you familiar mm -hmm. with, about that with Dylan? I mean, he was like an of, imposter, I mean, like a complete imposter with all these stories and tales and adventures. Um, and then they found out later, you know, that's not even his real name. He, he made up where he was from. Um, sure. such an imaginative, uh, imaginative dude. Yeah. You a Dylan fan? I I am. I mean, I guess I wouldn't I don't know if like this is 
I don't know if I'm anybody's like big, you know, I, I like a lot of stuff. I don't think there's any one, you know, if I'm like, I'm a fan of a lot of stuff. So yes, I'm a Dylan fan, but that doesn't mean I'm intimately, uh, intimately familiar with his entire catalog or, you know what I mean? It's like, I think there's very few artists that I'm like really up on as far as, you know, knowing, knowing much about them personally or even their entire catalog like you know tom waits i'm a big fan of tom waits but i know there's whole albums of his stuff i have no idea what it sounds like yet and it's you know there's no excuse to not know those things but you know i'm kind of a cherry picker um are you constantly listening to music or uh are you kind of you you know know, not enough i'm not enough i feel like i don't listen to enough music i i um a lot of times I really just like it to be quiet. I don't really want to listen to music. And then um, when I do kind of get in the mood to listen to music, I find it very difficult to, to choose what to listen to. So <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of put it off. I'm like, well, I can't even think of what I want to listen to right now. you know. So I put it off a lot and I just kind of opt for quiet, which is kind of, I wish I did listen to music more often. You know, I go through spurts where I do listen to more music, but um that's another thing too with the music thing is like, you know, uh, the way music is nowadays when I, um, I don't even have a record player anymore, which, you know, is terrible. Um, so I don't, you know, and I don't really favor the phone very much, you know, and it's, so it's weird. It's, um, I don't really have a lot of music to listen to sometimes. Um, and then with the phone, I do have like some subscriptions to like the, you know, different, uh, Google play or Amazon music or things like that. And um, I find it overwhelming because I'm like, oh, geez, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know what to listen to because I can listen to almost anything I want right now. I think it'd almost be better if, uh, you know, you had like three records at the house to choose from instead of like (laughs) every single song that ever existed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm paralyzed. (laughs) I'm paralyzed. I'm like kind of overwhelmed by it all. So, I mean, you know, I don't listen to, um, I I probably don't listen to enough music, um, which, you know, I guess it's, I don't know. There's, that's just a generalized feeling. It's not like uh, I notice anything bad in my life because I'm not listening to that much, but it's just a feeling like, oh, if I make music, I probably should be listening to more of it, you know? No, I, absolutely. If I uh, I go both ways, like I won't listen to music forever because I'll just be writing. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and shit, especially when I'm working. But um, sometimes it's like I feel like if I'm listening to people's stuff, it influences me in a bad way uh, mm. and, and it fucks up my creativity. Um, mm. Or if I'm like, man, I got to listen to some inspiration because I got fucking zero right now, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of similar to that. I don't sit around and jam a lot of music like I used to, you know? Right. It used to hit me in such a way when I was like 16 through like, you know, early 20s, music would hit me so hard. Um, yeah. And I guess I found that kind of playing, but I haven't found that listening in a long time. Yeah, it's weird. And I, I guess my, I, I have some stuff that's my favorite stuff to listen to that I kind of keep going back to. Or, um, and it's weird too because okay, so I'm writing kind of country influenced music and um, and or what have you, folk, folk, Americana, blues, country, whatever. Um, but the stuff I end up going back to and listening to a lot is like bossa nova and jazz and uh, like ska and um you know a lot of stuff that's not really even in my 
What you know what I mean? <laughs> when you listen, when you listen to those things, though, are you like, God damn it, I should be playing fucking bossa nova? I'm. I just. I just actually uh, learned a few jazz chords the other night and was like playing along and uh, kind of doing a bossa nova, and it was really fun. It was really satisfying, and um, you know, part of me wants was. to try to write to write some or to try to like sit to cover a few songs. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll see what happens. That's what's cool about this whole lock-in thing is like, you know, right now I'm, I'm, like I said, I've been playing a lot of piano and like, there's no, there's no piano on any of the records that I made so far. And uh, I've been spending more time doing that than anything. And I'm like, wow, is this, you know, this is a cool time. Like a lot of people I think will find new, new stuff or, you know, kind of discover themselves a bit with all this, with all this time that they have forced on them. I'm, I'm wondering you well, know, if that's happening for me too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hope so. I hope so. Um, so is piano something that you've kind of like diddled with over the years and finally you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work on it. Or is it something that you've been able to do, you know, maybe not wrote songs with, but you could always play. Uh, no, I, I had a, um, I had a piano years ago um, when I was staying with my dad um years ago he had a he he got saw it somebody had it like a free piano and um they brought it to the house and it was this you know crazy old upright piano and it was kind of banged up and out of tune but i i spent weeks like playing at it and trying to play it and i was enjoying the hell out of it like i am now um and i got kind of okay at doing some stuff with it and then uh when i moved out of his house you know, I didn't have a piano anymore. And I just kind of, you know, I started playing guitar a lot more again. And, um, you know, I just kind of left it behind. And uh, I guess it was like maybe a year ago that I we were on a tour and we played in this town in Pennsylvania. I think it was uh, State College. And um, there was a piano on the street. It was kind of, it's weird. There was like a piano, it was like next to a food cart. Um, <laughs> and it was a, like a lovely upright piano it was like in, in, in very good condition, everything, but it just was sitting outside. And I don't, I think it was part of some kind of performing arts center that was there. Um, so I sat down and I started to play a bit and I'm like, man, I really enjoy this and I miss this. And that was like a year ago. And, um, I guess it was on the back of my mind. And then once we got locked in and everything, um, you know, I was like, I really miss playing the piano. I think this is something that I want to do. And. I uh, put something on Facebook, you know, Hey, I'm looking for a digital piano. And um, I was blessed. A friend hit me up and said, I got one here, take it. So now I have this lovely, beautiful 88 keys, fully weighted hammer action piano and, uh, and some really nice software that, that um, does a really nice job of sounding like a grand piano. So I'm pretty stoked, man. It's pretty nice. I mean, I don't know if that will, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a record with piano on it. Um, I imagine, I don't know. I'm spending so much time with it. I imagine something's got to come of it, you know? Absolutely. So do you have any recording gear at home? You know, like uh, maybe not like top of the line studio shit, but do you have some stuff that you can get some good sounding recordings out of your house? I do. I, do. Um, I started going a little bit nuts, like with this whole thing with, um, with being like, locked in and everything. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. It's been really cool. I, I went a little nuts, like right before the quarantines happened, I had a couple of bucks in the bank and it was enough money 
to actually get some really cool gear, but not enough money to save it. If that makes sense, you know, you're like, why am I holding on to this amount of money? I might as well just blow it. And I'm, and I was like, you know, I don't know how long the quarantine's going to go, so maybe I shouldn't spend it. And I'm like, well, even if I save this, how, like, what's going to happen, you know? And uh, this is right around the time the streams were coming up, so I went and bought some equipment to help me do the streams. And I kind of went broke thinking like, okay, well, you know what, let's do this because I don't know how long this is going to last and I've never done streaming and I should be doing it already. I'm, I'm already behind the curve as far as, you know, every, I, a lot of, a lot of current artists are doing it or have been doing it and, you know, I've been behind it. So I'm like, okay, just get the shit and do, do the streams and make it work. So I did that. I ended up making um, good bread off the streams. And so I bought more equipment. And then I got some recording gear and, uh, and now, now I'm overwhelmed again. It's just kind of like listening to music. I'm like figuring out exactly how much potential there is in this equipment that I bought. And it's scaring me. <laughs> Dude, it, it engineering and, and recording. Cause it's pretty similar. Um, pretty similar on my end. Dude, I've been investing in some podcast gear and some random camera gear. And then, uh, this all happened, did some streams, made some money, bought some more gear. Um, but I guess I get stressed out like when I can't get the sound because I've always went and paid, you know, somebody to do it. Um, sure. And it sounds fantastic immediately. And so I want to freak out and like throw my stuff out the window. Like there's a reason why you're not <laughs> an engineer, bro. You know? <laughs> right, right. But yeah, it, it gets it. it I was getting that basically though. If you can sit down and record some of these ideas and have some nice sound and recordings, um, at least that's a start and that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I definitely feel that like, I feel that, um, I have the capability, which is, like I said, that's overwhelming me kind of the same way that being able to listen to whatever music I want. Now I have this, you know, I have this wonderful piano. I have a nice, you know, interface to be able to get the sound from other instruments and microphones into the computer um, I got this other control surface to be able to sequence drums and things. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy shit. And I mean, like MIDI control and recording, re recording myself playing the piano with MIDI and realizing I like, can make mistakes and then edit them. Like you can actually edit a performance. Like what are you, that's, that blows my mind. And this is stuff that's been, you know, this is technology that's decades old and I'm just now kind of coughing onto it. So it's weird. There's like a, an entire world of stuff. That's kind that of where just I, kind of. Yeah, I, I feel you. There's like you know that there's easier ways to get where you want to go, but you don't know them, so you got to like take the long way. But right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel you. Um, dude, so how, how old are you, Sean? I'm 44 now. I don't know if you wanted to tell me anybody. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> how long? How long have you been? I mean, because you're, you're a road warrior, man. Uh, <laughs> you, I mean, and not just with music. You're, you're also a truck driver, right? Right, right. That blew my mind when I heard that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I said, it's, I'm kind of made for the job. It's, it, you know, it's weird. Um, it's, it's really, it's, you know, I step back and look at it all the time and I'm like, what are you doing? Because, um, <laughs> you know, it's like we'll spend you know, five, six weeks on the road with the band and then I'll come home and, um, and then go to work where I'm spending like five or six days at a time on, on a truck and then, you know, come home from that 
and like, oh shit, we got to run, you know, we're running down the coast. We're going to do like seven days and then I'll come home and, you know, jump back in the truck again. I mean, there's days in between, um, but I don't know. I think some of that might change a bit now. I've, this whole um, pandemic situation, quarantine situation is making me kind of reevaluate the touring schedule because I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's the life's crazy enough without having to be traveling constantly. Um, I think then, this thing's going to change a lot of stuff for a lot of people, man. I really hope it changes a lot of things for the better. I really hope that people are searching, kind of soul searching and throwing away things that they don't need and maybe picking up on things that they didn't know they need. Um, I hope that's a thing. And um, yeah, I I just really hope it does. You know, I know I see this is part of the reason of um, shrinking away from social media is there's a lot of complaining and there's a lot of vitriol over the politics and I, I get it. And I'm, I'm right there with everyone on that stuff, but I, you know, it's like beating um, a dead horse, man. It, it, it is, it is. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's like, um, you know, they said the echo chamber thing. I'm like, I could voice my opinions on this situation, but you know, I don't really know that my words are going to fork much lightning with the people that need to hear it. I don't need to say that I feel the way I do with the people who agree with me. I don't really need to keep doing that. And, um, and unfortunately I feel like the people who uh, need to hear the messages that I would give them are not receptive. And I, I, you know, what do I want to do with that? I don't, I think that's a colossal waste of my time, you know? Yeah. So somewhere along the way, everybody got 100% dead set on what they believe. You can't sway them with any information. Fuck you. Um, I'll quit listening to your music. I'll quit talking to you. <laughs> like I'll delete yeah. family members <laughs> off my Facebook. Like, dude, something happened along the way. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I'm like coming to age and I'm older and I'm paying attention mm. and I got a kid and I like finally care. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, what the hell is, you know, it is, uh, is it a very divided country right now? And now everybody's locked in their house. Um, but it, it is it's cool that you're kind of stepping back from that and you're just focused on like what's important to you and, and making good art and then you know in yeah. turn that can affect people in a positive way and be something besides all this trash you know that they're I, reading I or guess taking in i have to say too that i think that um you know the worst the worst examples of people <laughs> are the ones that that get exposed to to the media as far as you know we see these protests uh, people wanting to go back to work or wanting to go get a haircut and uh, we're going to go to the state capitol and we're going to carry guns and everything. Uh, I mean, that's really like a tiny, that's a tiny, that's not, that's not many people, honestly. I don't think many people, you know, but this is the perception that, you know, people are thinking that that's what Americans are and that's what they do and that's how they act. And then, and it's a shame that that's, that's the way we're being seen by the world at large too. Um, but I don't think... You know, I don't think that is, um, I don't think that's most Americans. I really don't, you know. It's like a few um, hundred people out of like 400 million, you know. I mean, there's still plenty of them, I'm sure, you know, and it's still yeah. it's still something to be worried about. But, um, but, but at I'm the same saying, time, I, I do think keep going. there's a bit of hysteria. I think there's a bit of hysteria. I mean, or I don't, I don't know, you know if I want to use that word, but there's a bit of, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are upset on both sides of the aisle about the worst examples of each side of the aisle you know on the on the one side you've got uh look at these guys with their guns and their racism 
And then on the other side, you've got the other side. Oh, these people are trying to dismantle my entire way of life and they don't believe in family and so on and so forth. And I think each side is just concentrating on the worst of, of the other side. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I have my, my own, I stand in my own spot and I have my own beliefs, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, what does it, what does it matter what I say if I'm not actually doing real political activism, like real activism, like trying to change people's votes and really trying to reach people, which you don't do that by just screaming at them. Um, if I'm not doing that, then, then, you know, I'm wasting time and I'm, you know, I, I'm going to cast votes how I cast votes. Um, and that's what I can do. You know, other than that, I'm just getting upset and making other people around me upset, you know, whether they agree with me and they just want to say, yeah, I'm upset about that too. Or if they disagree me, they're going to, with me, they're going to say like, I'm upset that you think that way, you know, I'm just pissing them off, whoever they are, you know, even if they agree with me and I'm just wasting my own time and upsetting myself too. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm pulling way back from a lot of stuff. I bet, uh, I bet you'll create, you know, more honest and, uh, and better with more focus that way anyway, you know? It'll definitely save me some time as far as, and it'll save my sanity too. And I just feel, you know, like, like I'm in the middle of this detox from social media at the moment, you know, and, uh, and it's also, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of, I'm pulling way back from a lot of stuff. You know, there's, I don't, I've stopped watching Netflix and movies and things and, and it's not, you know, I'm not, I don't know. It just feels like a better way to go for me. And, you know, in the times that I spend doing relatively nothing i feel good you know i'm like i'm just sitting right now i'm not really reading anything i'm not consuming anything i'm not you know i'm just sitting here being and i think that's actually a really lovely thing the art of being bored you know that's is crazy. something that's that's what really people, lost on people that's what people did for like you know like the last what <laughs> billion years yeah yeah all of a sudden yeah. I can't take a shit without my iPad, you know? <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's what I'm, that's, that's, you nailed it, man. That's the thing. Like I, you know what? I'll tell you straight. Like I go to the bathroom and I'm used to taking the damn phone in there with me and like sitting, sitting down, taking a shit and you're like reading the damn, you know, what, what, you know, <laughs> and you don't really need to, you don't actually need that. You know, you can just sit there and enjoy your movement and <laughs> take care Dude, of business. I'll get up in a panic, panic with my, my jeans to my ankles and run through the hallway to get that iPad. <laughs> in mid, in mid shit. Yeah. No, no, but for, for real, I, I think about that sometimes like my little boy is five and, uh, I, Oh man, the kids, Oh man, the kids, well, like, dude, the kids are, He's uh, his mom kind of hooked him up with like an old uh, phone that's like off, but he can use like the Wi-Fi for YouTube and stuff. Right. And uh, just in general, like you know, everything we're always watching cartoons or we're doing whatever. Um, and I can just tell that that he uh, kind of like me, boredom is like it's not just something that exists; it's like horrible. You know, right, right. Like we can't deal with this. Um, and I think I kind of grew up like that too. Like always had to be stimulated in some, some way. Mm. And then eventually, you know, that led to like, you know, substance abuse and whatever else, chick chasing mm. chicks, whatever. But yeah, I think, uh, we've got the whole, or somebody's got the entire world kind of sucking from that teat, man. Like 
You know, mm. we need to be simulated at all times, and if we're not, something is wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an absolute war on boredom, and it's like you know, boredom is when you have original thoughts. You know, and um, if you're constantly filling your time with consuming other people's ideas and what other people think and what other people have created, you don't leave much room for yourself. And uh, do you think there would yeah. be like an Allen Ginsberg if? You know, he had not. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Maybe you know, unlikely. there's people are putting putting this stuff to good use too. I'm no doubt. You know, so absolutely. I, you know, I don't think like you know, I don't think that there's going to be. I can't say that I'm that this is the death of art and the death of you know creativity to have this. But in another way, I don't know. It's it's alarming. It's a bit alarming. It's I, weird, but I, you know? I I agree with you. Got to be proactive as an individual. Like. To chalk it up for me, you know, I'm kind of a cynical, uh, cynical and like fatalist sometimes. I'm like, well, we're all fucking, you know, everybody's dead and we're well, destroyed and everything's going on the toilet. But really, there's an individual choice. It's like, like what you're doing. Like, you know what? I don't have to be looking at this all day. I can like take a walk with my guitar down to the water and, yeah, you know, like I don't. <laughs> just because it exists doesn't mean like it's got to be the end all be all for me personally. So. You know, I think everybody still's got their choice, and and they can use these things for uh, for beneficial purposes. Because there is a lot of cool stuff that you can do that maybe you know for sure you can never do before, um, mm. and it kind of can add to the value of art. But yeah, I think it does come down to that personal just you know choice of how you do it and how often you do it. Because because um, I've been there too, where it's like it's you know nonchalantly just doing your thing and the next thing you know it's like sucking up all your time and focus and it's actually interfering with like emotions and like your creativity and all that shit so um i'm right there with you uh okay here i got a question for you sean <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm just rambling i'm excited to talk <laughs> no, to you man i it's uh no, no, it's great i'm glad this is a i'm glad you get, uh, gave me a call this is great hell yeah wonderful um so you've done a lot of traveling. I really appreciate, um, you know, the outdoors, the countryside. I want to see more of it. Um, what, what are some of the, what's the best parts of this country? Like when you're in those areas touring, that's like, okay, you're like, we're here. This is where we should be. This is the shit. Oh, wow. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's different criteria for that. I mean, there's like, okay, we're in, you know, if we're in like North Carolina or something, we're going to get barbecue, you know, um, mm. or, or if we're in the Pacific Northwest, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to roll the windows down and I'm going to like breathe as much of this air as I can. Um, you know, or, you know, speaking of boredom and stuff like that, like if we're in the Southwest, like New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, like, you know, there's like lots of nothing and it's a really great meditative space to just kind of stare out the window and see like desolate landscape so I mean, there's a lot of answers to that question, I guess. Dude, that um, make that that when you're talking Southwest and and Midwest and like all the way, you know, West West, makes yeah. me jealous, dude. Because I've I've taken a couple family road trips that way. Like I I, I was born in Texas, but I was raised in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Split. Um, mm. As far as touring and like penetrated a little bit, it's all been like East Coast. So, you know, driving through Nevada just kind of like looking out the window and just thinking um that sounds so good you know yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of beautiful landscape you know all the like um i mean different you know there's variations on that theme of desolation but i mean you know there's utah nevada arizona new mexico that kind of flavor and then 
the Midwest has got its other, you know, Kansas, Nebraska has got like this grassy flat kind of thing going on. And um, they all have, you know, there's so many different places that have different, you know, um, variations on that desolate theme for sure. Where's the best grub? North Carolina? (laughs) You like to have barbecue? That was the first thing I could think of as a barbecue in North Carolina. Um, I guess the best grub. Where's the best grub, bro? I don't know where the best grub is. I mean, there's so many, you know, I like, I like the barbecue in the Carolinas. Um, and let's see, I liked when we get to the West coast, I really like going to the taco shops because that's when I lived in California, I, I would go to a taco shop all the time and there's nothing like a West coast taco shop. So, um, um, and, and I really like the food when we were overseas in Europe. I really like the food there. So you've um, toured Europe too. We, we did, well, I guess it was last oh, year. We yeah, did. I remember that. I was so jealous. <laughs> I, yeah. saw the, I saw the posters. I think I hit you up about that. That that's uh, how was that dude? Oh, uh, wonderful. Wonderful. Really um, fantastic. Audiences were very attentive and respectful. And, um, and like I said, the, I loved the food as well. I don't know. Just foods is, um, it, there's less like preservatives and stuff like that, and the food is just kind of generally healthier. Um, how are the how are and, the crowds uh, over there? Is it like, I mean, is it like <laughs> is it an obvious difference between? Oh yes, oh yes, I think so. Um, there were a lot of um, shows. Well, well, the first couple shows when we got to Belgium, um. I think it was like maybe the first two two shows or maybe maybe even three. Uh, we would play the show and I'm like, I don't think they like us, you know, because the audience is like, you know, the song would finish and they, they clap and then it, like it stops. Like they all stop clapping kind of at the same time. It's almost like a, it's like church or something or I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, why? I'm like, okay, that's polite clapping. That's what that is. I'm like, they don't really like it, you know? Um <laughs> But I, what I figured out after a little while was they love it, but they stop clapping because they're attentively like waiting for the next song. They give you like the appropriate amount of like applause to say like, yes, we like that. And then they stop because they're listening and they don't. And that's, I figured that out because I'm like, well, they're all still in the room and they're all like, it's quiet after a song, you know, you kind of. So what you're saying are, is Americans are obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to come out and say that. But, uh, no, I feel you. It, it was different, you know. It was definitely different because, like I said, because they're attentive. And I and I think we probably um, I don't know how it is for other bands over there, but I definitely think we benefited from the, you know, the mystique of America. Like this is the birthplace of rock and roll. So, and we're playing a very American, you know, flavored music. So this is like the real deal. You know, you're um, exotic or or authentic you know extra authentic yeah. I, remember, I remember the first when i first got to ireland when i lived there um and i when i first started playing like country music you know people would ask me where are you from and i'd say baltimore and it's like i might as well have said memphis or nashville you know what i mean it's just baltimore i'm like that's not a that's not a freaking hotbed of country music but you know for someone living in europe who really loves american music to say that you're from the united states it's like, oh shit, he's he's the real deal. He's the authentic country singer, you know. Yeah, I've absolutely, so, I've, I've heard that. Uh, you know, talking with the guy, I think the Gallows, uh, some other people that I know that have toured through there, and they're just like, dude, they love that Americana, like that authentic Americana. Yeah. You know that rock and roll. 
I think that that definitely helped us out. And, um, and, uh, and like I said, I was blown away. Just the quality of the audiences was just really fantastic. Cause they, I mean, it depends on where you were too. I mean, it was a slightly different flavor in Holland and slightly different flavor in Sweden and, and so on. But, um, it was, um, generally though, I noticed that, that audiences were attentive and I was really impressed that people knew who we were when we got there. And, um, <clears throat> and there are people who are like English is their second language. And they're talking to me after the show about the lyrics. They're like, Oh, I really like the lyrics of that song about the girl burning to death in the bar. And I'm like, what, what you, <laughs> this isn't even your first language. And you're like, you're, that had you know, to be surreal. Me, yeah. They're giving like really insightful critiques about the lyrics. And I'm like, God dang, like, wow, where have you been all my life? <laughs> Dude, I have the, um, the, the band I play in now, uh, Jason, the bass player, he's, a little, he's an older cat, but he lived over there in a, uh, playing with a blues band, um, in Europe for, for years. Um, it was basically, you know, back and forth a lot, but was over there a lot in like a 10 year period. And, he just mm. ra raves about Europe and, and he yeah. just, like how they just seem most of it at least just seems like they kind of got it figured out, you know, like over here where this is such a young nation and like scrambling and like crazy mm. capitalism and all this shit and you get over there and it's kind of just laid back and it's like, you know what? We've been here a while. Right, right, right. You know, and the vibe is just more chilled out. Well, you, you also have a, like, um, you know, because the, because the cultures are older, um, I think that, you know, music as a trade or a profession is actually viewed as legitimate. Whereas here, you know, you get treated like, you know, when you're starting out, you get treated like people are doing you a favor, giving you a show or, you know, uh, getting paid, you know, that's like, it's kind of like this, like it's almost like this bonus thing or something, but over there, it's like, well, no, we're going to pay you. You're doing a thing. You're doing your job. It's your job to play music. You're, you're a professional. You're coming in and you're going to get paid and we're, we're going to feed you. And, you know, um, there was like most of the time we got fed um, by, by the venue. They would either, you know, provide food from somewhere else or they would actually like physically home cook a meal, you know, from their kitchen or whatever. Bananas, you know, it's like you really get treated like a legitimate um, a worker, you know, like you're doing a job and, uh, it's, it, they, you know, I think culture has a higher value there because the, because the society is older, they kind of put a little more value on the performing arts or whatever. And here it's like, well, you know, if you're not, if you're not already mega famous, then you don't get shit, you know? Yeah, dude, it's, it's, that's definitely bucket list. I would love to go over and uh, even if it was just, you know, small rooms and bar, you know, a couple bar rooms and some pubs, just kind of cruise around and, and visit mostly, but and have the chance to play some sets like that would be incredible, man. I think you you would have a blast, and you'd probably be well looked after. Um, people are very friendly. Um, by and large, I found people very friendly. You know, I think we only we had a handful of interesting conversations um a handful i like like not even more than three when somebody was kind of a little bit contentious about the politics thing like you know you're a trump supporter i'm like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no we're gonna clear that up right now um and maybe maybe some of them thought that because of the country music thing or whatever but I don't, I don't know it was so it was not a thing you know what i mean it was not 
everywhere we went, we were pretty well received and very, very um, well looked after. It was fantastic. I've heard they, uh, I've heard that, you know, other countries kind of watch American politics on TV like it's some sort of game show or something, you know, or kind of like the laughing stock when it comes to politics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how um, politically literate people are in Europe. I mean, my, my daughter lives in Ireland, um, and she, you know, we have we have conversations about American politics, you know, and she's she's up on stuff. She knows what's happening, and it's just... I don't know. I, you know, here, I don't think people are even anywhere near politically literate in their own country, let alone what's happening in in other parts of the world. So it's really, you know, we really do. Um, there are a lot of eyes on on this country because it is so powerful and influential, and um, and culturally, it's been a huge influence culturally. You know, for as young as it is, you know, like I said, rock and roll is no joke. It's huge. It's a big deal, and it came from here. That's you know people are watching us you know and they can see they can see what we're up to and what you know what's going yeah. on here yeah to to kind of to kind of bleed out of this uh of the europe thing you just said something there at the end that um I'm trying to fix my mic here um you know you said rock and roll was born here and i i kind of wanted to get to this earlier um what were what were a couple core artists uh, singer songwriters bands you know even early <coughs> on you know you mentioned tom waits um who are some other people that that kind of like lit a fire for you to to want to be a songwriter uh well hank williams was a big deal um for sure i mean he was pretty much uh he was a really big deal when i started playing country music that was like you know what is this what is this what is this hank williams i keep hearing about and wow that was like a huge thing. I think I, you know, I think I probably wrote five or six songs like after listening to him for a month or two and just, uh, just love him to bits. So he's big deal for me. Um, and, um, I, I really like Jeff Buckley a lot. He's another name that comes to mind. Um, you know, such a pretty voice. Did he write hallelujah? He did not. That was, that's Leonard Cohen's song. But he covered that, uh, right? He did. He did a very, really lovely cover of it. Um, okay. Yeah, but, I, I uh, knew that, but I, I knew, you know, I'm kind of lame. That's how I knew of Jeff Buckley from that cover. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, that's great. I mean, it's a really beautiful <laughs> cover version of that song. He's really, he was really talented and really, what a lovely voice. Um, did so he, he pass was away? Oh, yeah, he's been dead for years. So I think 90. 96 maybe he died or was it earlier see I'm 96 really, i'm really unfamiliar i should look into that dude some more oh gosh he's wonderful tom um, you mentioned tom waits earlier he dude i hate to say this but he's just one of those guys it's like <laughs> i'm like just fucking give it to me you know just give give, <laughs> me, the, give me the fucking song bro you're just like <laughs> you're like you're blowing i can't you're over my i hate to admit it but the guy seems to be over my head a little bit you know i just like that's he's an intimidating one to get into and then i didn't actually get into him for the longest time because he's got such a catalog there's such a catalog and all the records are different from each other so uh you know like do you like tom waits yeah sure um if you listen to rain dogs versus swordfish trombones or or the black rider or any whatever whatever records you listen to 
like his records are different from each other. There's a vein that runs through them all. There's definitely like a, a, a stamp that he puts on his stuff that's very much him. But I mean, there's stuff that's just like straight, straight up, you know, jazz lounge type stuff. And then there's shit that sounds like it's from a nightmare about a carnival. And, you know, it's just, it's all over the map and he's really intimidating to get into, but, um, no doubt, like instantly can tell. Yeah. He's, he's a, I, I don't genius. think, I guess I'm lucky that I, um, have friends who are crazy into him. And then I guess this is the good side of, of the digital thing is like cherry picking stuff. I mean, I just would hear songs that I'm like, damn, that was very good. And I'd, you know, get that song and then maybe start discovering an album around whatever song I discovered. Um, but he's, you know, he's, I don't, he's so all over the map. He's like, David Bowie's another one like that. Like, you know, so many records in his catalog and so many of them are like different from the the record that preceded it. And it's like, where do you, how do you get into this guy? He's just all over the freaking place. So I can see that. Um, and I, I definitely think some of his, like I said, some of his stuff is, easily more accessible and then some of it is kind of like what is happening here you know <laughs> yeah uh, but he's definitely he's got some winners though he's such a such a good writer yeah I, I i've heard uh i've heard some you know a wide variety from him but always always just little bits and pieces but yeah i could agree with you it's it's a little like uh intimidating to, to check out because it's like oh my god where do you even start with this dude yeah, definitely, definitely. There's um there's some artists like that. Um uh, just intimidating with their with their um you know with with the amount of like how prolific they are and then how many styles they jump. Um but I mean then there's you know there's other ones that are you know kind of consistent. I'm like, okay, there's this person I know what they're doing and I love what they do and you know when I listen to their next record, I'm like, "Oh, cool, it's another one of their records." Even if it, there's a little departure you know, there's kind of a thread running through them, so yeah. You you all you also um you also uh, have that punk rock or, or that rockabilly running in your blood. You know, I think that shines a lot in your music too, because I've heard a couple, you know, definitely different styles. I mean, like you were saying earlier, you know, that country at the core, mm. um, rockabilly kind of branches from that and then kind of punk branches from that but I, i've heard all those kind of shine in what you do mm. yeah i like to um i like to i really like to write a lot of different kind of songs um because i don't want i don't for me the you know um okay like okay i love the ramones okay just as an example i love the ramones who doesn't love the ramones you're you're dead inside if you don't love your ramones somehow Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but but there you go. It's like if I put on a Ramones record, I mean, thankfully, you know, the songs are, you know, minutes or sometimes less than a minute long or whatever. So, you know, you can just go through a record and listen to it. And like, you know, when you want to hear the Ramones, it, it almost doesn't matter what record you put on. You know, if you are in the mood to hear that, then you can put on almost any one of the records and get their fix, um, which is fine. But for me, I really like a record that keeps my attention because it, it travels through different territories all in one record. I really like to, you know, my favorite stuff is like one song is slow, one song is fast, one song is angry, one song is sad, one song is happy. And then if there's some stylistic changes, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of room within what we would call Americana because that encompasses blues, but it also encompasses 
surf and it also encompasses folk and it also is um like country or bluegrass you know there's so many different um different things that are all kind of like closely related to one another you know all mashed around this american pastiche which you could just kind of call rock and roll um anyway so i think there's a lot there's a lot you can do in there to make the record interesting um and and i'm interested in more than you know, I love bluegrass, but I'm I'm not going to make a bluegrass record because I I don't think I'm going to have that many songs. I don't I don't want to write that many songs that are bluegrass or country or what have you. Or if I do write that many songs, I'll spread them out over records because I you know I want the record to be like. Um, I remember listening to this dude Jacques Brel, this this French singer, and uh, uh, was it Jacques Brel or am I thinking of Serge? No, I'm thinking of Serge Gainsbourg. Uh, I remember listening to his record uh, years ago and I'm like, what is this guy doing? He's like, he's switching genres like every other song. Like it's crazy. And every, you know, and they were all really good. And I'm like, this is a great record. I really like listening to this record because it just keeps doing something else, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. it works good for the show too. Um, I think it really works good for the show because, you know, if I got up there and just, I feel like if I just blasted an audience with all the, the, the punk rock shit, I, you know, I, I feel like I would lose interest in a show like that. And I am, you know, maybe I'm just not that punk rock, I guess, but <laughs> no, I, can, I would I lose interest. I feel you. I would lose interest in, in a show stuff. like that. And yeah. then like doing all sad stuff, like an entire set, like, cause I've done shows like that and I can tell that people are like, it doesn't matter how good the tune is, they get a little fried on it, you know? Right, 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 right. And that's, and I like to play a long show too. I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to play like 30 to 40 minutes of like, oh, like pure fury, that's awesome, you know? But if you're going to play like a show an hour, an hour and a half or two hours, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to want to change that up. Definitely, you know, I don't want to sit there and beat somebody to death with whatever kind of whatever it is for, for an hour and a half or two hours, you know, and that's what I like. I like to play long shows, but the way I would like to do that is because I wanted to say as many different things as I can, uh, in the time that I'm, I'm given. So I guess that's, that's why I like to do that anyway. Dude, you know, it'd be interesting. Uh, you say you're, you're getting into the keys, um, get a hold of a Rhodes Oh my God! Yeah, and then, and then <laughs> no big deal. Just get a Rhodes. <laughs> you hold it, yourself a hold of a Rhodes, and then throw it through like an old tube amp, and you get that like you get that slight distorted feel on top of that yeah. fat vintage uh, Fender piano sound. Woo. See, that's that's the thing. Get the, get your just get yourself a Rhodes. I think with the amount of money that I spent on the equipment that I'm looking at right now, I could have bought one piano. So I'm, I'm like, well, the Rhodes are like uh, like keyboard tops, and you get the legs. I guess they're kind of like beasts to move around, but they're they're they more, very more portable than like a than like a regular piano, you know. And I, I think you sure get used ones for you know like a G. Or you obviously, think? I, don't I don't think they make new ones. Right, right. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I've I always, always wanted just, one. I've always thought of them as prohibitively expensive, and I, they aren't. They aren't super easy to carry around. I mean, they, there's like a speaker cabinet, and then the 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 keyboard itself, and everything. It's it's pretty. I mean, it'd be like carrying a separate guitar rig, you know. Like, except, I mean, the keys yeah. themselves have got to be heavy. I mean, this thing that I'm playing now is a is nowhere near as old and vintage and cumbersome, and it's still it, it'll break your back. It's the guys oh, are going to love touring with this. 19, <laughs> 1973 
1973 Fender Rhodes MK1, six thousand dollars. <laughs> you I mean, obviously yeah. it's, it's old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, they got software. They got software for that. I mean, it's like not yeah. to say. Yeah, I definitely am a big enthusiast on like original equipment, and I think that you know, the guitar tube amp is one of those things I don't think I could ever part with. Um, and you know, I'm big into the vintage equipment, but I think. I've been really blown away by, you know, the virtual instruments get better and better all the time. And um, those plugins, I mean, it, it's bananas. I, um, when I got this piano and um, I got a, I got a virtual instrument like for a grand piano and, you know, reading about it, they, they recorded several layers of you know every key on the piano and in, in every different possible situation you can think of with beautiful microphones and a nice room and you know and studio conditions and i've played the thing and i'm like wow i mean i can hear the physical like the wood you know in the recording i can hear the wood moving and everything and i'm like this is bananas i'm like sitting here playing a big old you know grand piano in my room you know <laughs> Dude, techn technology's insane. Uh, you are right. Those pl I got some some plugins recently for some vocal and some guitar stuff, and it's like a subscription service. You get a you can use these plugins on your recordings like monthly for like a fee, but it is insane. Uh, um, and all the simulators, all the different mm. you, know, you can you can run it through all these different preamps and um, limiters, and and it yeah, that is amazing. Um, plug that keyboard up and and get yourself a baby grand sound just and hmm. be, able, be able to hear the wood and all that that's that's fucking sweet yeah it's crazy i mean there's like the the technology gets better all the time and um i mean i remember years ago when i was kind of making i was making electronic music years ago and the first time i'd ever come across software synthesizers and software you know pianos and things like that they were not as good as they are now like I've just kind of checked back into this world after being away from it for so long. And it's like, wow, this is stuff actually came along. Like these virtual amplifiers actually sound pretty good. And the, the virtual piano sounds pretty good. And, and of course drums, they really concentrated on drums and like, you know, drum samples are, have been great for a long time. So we're, uh, I've, I've talked about this on this pad, this podcast before, but just in general, we are on a very unique um generation of people because this is the technology has grown faster in in this generation of people um than sure, ever, than a, ever before in the history of the world sure um, it's, to where, it's exponential you know, we, we grew up without internet and now you know we're doing a podcast um from hundreds of miles away sure you know uh, and recording it and it will go online tomorrow like right and that, the very little loss of signal and what have you and you know granted you could probably do this in the 60s <laughs> if you had the right gear but still uh, <laughs> it's um i mean this is the shit we're using right now has probably been like you know the level of what nasa was using to talk to the cats on the moon you know it's like <laughs> but i mean still, really it is it, like it's, we're it's, we're using satellites we're using freaking satellites to, to talk to each other it's bananas you know do you hear that that just went to the moon <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That just that just went into outer space, man. Like we're talking yeah, about brilliant. taking a shit with an iPad, and it's like that's going in outer space. Uh, you you ever heard Louis C.K. that stand up comic? 
Yes, yes. Dude, he's got a bit about like it's going to space. Give it a minute. He's you like, Could you give it a fucking minute? He's like, oh my god, you had a, a what a layover for forty five minutes. He's like, then <laughs> you fly across the sky in a leather chair. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You mean you didn't die of dysentery while you were on your cross Atlantic voyage? Like, <laughs> what, what did what was his like kind of gist of all that? Like the world's greatest um, and most fantastic technology just unloaded on the world's group of shittiest people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. I mean, it it is kind of, I mean, without the frame of reference to remember what it was like before those things, like, I guess, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like microwave ovens. I, I'm, I'm, I grew up microwave ovens came around when I was a kid. Um, and it's pretty second nature now to know that, you know, oh, geez, I got to run out the door and I'm going to, I want to have like something hot to eat. I'm just going to do this real quick. It's going to take a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that was, <laughs> like I said, I remember when they showed up, but you know, it wasn't, but like in the grand scheme of things, five minutes before kids were growing up with them and not knowing a world without them. So same thing, you know, like people are, people are in a world where they don't, they've never, you know, kids now they don't remember they don't remember like long distance telephone calls. Remember that shit? You had to have like, Oh God damn, you're making a long distance telephone call. That's, isn't that going to be super expensive? You know, and now I can call anywhere, you know, for nothing. You know, the, one of the, one of the big ones that hit me was um, when I was a kid, I used to just apparently remember everybody's phone numbers. <laughs> that I, you know what I mean? <laughs> that like, shit's gone. <laughs> like now, now I know like, my phone do number, you know your own phone? I was going to say, do you know your own phone and, number? Because there's I people I don't. My mom and my dad's because they've had the same number since I was in high school. <laughs> um, somehow they have. But yeah, I, I, dude, I, I couldn't, my kid's mom, I don't know her phone number off the top of my head, you know? <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, I, I knew like three different girls that I was trying to date. I knew their phone number by heart, you know? <laughs> and, and all my friends and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it's crazy times, man. Yeah. I don't think I know. I don't think I know phone numbers anymore. Honestly, it's, that's pretty messed up. I remember my daughter's phone number because I have to dial a bunch of stuff to get through to her on long distance. But, um, but yeah, remembering a phone number is, that's not, you know, it's not a thing anymore. How old's your daughter? Um, she is 14. Wow. Well, she's going to be 14. She's 13. Now she's going to be 14 very soon. I didn't know you had a daughter. That's awesome, man. Yes, yes, she's fantastic. Hell yeah. Um, well, Sean, I'm gonna let you go, brother. Uh, you know, I'm. I haven't rock and rolled in a while, and I'm exhausted. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you so much, dude. It was such a killer conversation. Um, a friend and a fan forever. I fucking love your music. Oh, I support lovely. you forever. And I, I'm just, I'm really stoked that you, uh, you gave me some time tonight and talked to me for, uh, for Sinks One More Five podcast. Oh, it was nice. It was nice to catch up. It was really nice. You know, this is, um, this kind of stuff is at a premium right now, you know, um, social connection and everything. So I've been shut in a lot, you know, and I, I kind of shut in a lot anyway, but um, right now, you know, it's like, this is a time I've, had some pretty quality social interactions and you know speaking of technology thankfully we have all this stuff to be able to do it so i really appreciate you calling and and it's really nice to talk with you and uh i'm For sure you know, it anytime just, it just kind of turned out to be just kind of like a kind of like a phone conversation 
It's perfect. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Absolutely, dude. Stay safe. Keep playing those keyboards and let me know <laughs> when you get the Fender Rhodes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, Tyler. It's good to talk to you. Hey, you too, homie. I'll see you soon, Sean. All right. Good night. All right. Night, buddy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.